Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Two years after Congressman Chris Stewart's bill was signed into law, states are preparing to launch the new Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, that is 988. And this is an important thing. Uh, I loved the line from the Swedish Prime Minister today. Uh, And, of course, she was talking national security, that in the dark times, there's nothing better than being with friends and recognizing that when you are in the dark time or a dark space, uh, nothing is better than having a friend. And even if it's a friend you've never met uh, on a lifeline can make all the difference. Representative Stewart joins us now to discuss uh, the rollout of all of this uh, and his bill uh, that is addressing uh, such an important thing uh, for us here in the United States. Congressman, thanks for joining us today. Oh, Boyd, it's uh, such an honor. And two things that you've said in your introduction, I think, are worth elaborating on. You said two years after it was signed into law. And it was probably nearing a five-year effort now. And imagine that, Boyd. Here we are, have something that's bipartisan. We have 100 co-sponsors, Republicans and Democrats. Didn't cost much money. It was literally going to save people's lives. And yet it's taken us five years to get to this point. But mm. thankfully, we are here now. And it is going to be implemented here in the next few weeks. And we're very grateful for that. And the second thing is that, that idea that people are not alone, that when you're in the middle of the darkness, when you feel like, you know, you don't whether life is worth living any longer, and you also feel like no one understands that, no one understands how I feel to know that there are people who do and there are people who can and want to help. I mean, that's the core of the message that we're trying to, and and the hand we're trying to extend to people in this effort. Yeah, so take us through, Congressman, in terms of uh, some of this process. So we know it will actually begin on July 16th of this year. Uh, And again, noting this has been a five-year effort uh, on something with bipartisan support. It it shows you that the wheels turn slowly and that we should probably pick up the pace on some of these uh, bipartisan issues. Uh, But tell us where we are on that and what people should expect as we get towards that July 16th implementation day. Yeah. So again, it's a 988 number, a national suicide prevention hotline number. So one thing we couldn't do is allow this to roll out state to state, because then we would have lost that momentum of saying, no, no matter where you are in the country, you call 988 and someone's going to be able to help you. So the national uh, national rollout, I mean, some of the states have done an extraordinary job of preparing for the these call centers and the increase in calls that we expect to get. Utah is one of those examples of where they are very prepared. And honestly, to give credit, it was Utah legislators, uh, Senator Dan Thatcher and Mr. Ellis as others who helped us, you know, and, and conceived of this idea, uh, working with Senator Hatch. 
who, you know, we had the chance to memorialize just a few weeks ago. But now, regardless of where you're in the country, you dial 988, and that will take you to a local call center. The states have, uh, as I said, have been spending the last uh, couple of years preparing for that, funding that. And, uh, and they're going to immediately be in contact with someone who is trained, is professional, and knows how to help you. And, and if necessary, in those rare circumstances, but sometimes necessary circumstances, can send out a, a rescue team, someone who can come to you where you are and, uh, and, and act as an intermediary or a, a, direct, uh, a, a direct counsel or advocate for you in those cases. Uh, so important. And, again, the significance of having this across the country. So regardless of where someone is, uh, just dialing 988 uh, can be such an important, easy, easy step uh, forever. And anything else as you've gone through this process, uh, Congressman, that you've learned uh, in this yeah. process, both in terms of mental health and how we help and sustain each other? Yeah, you know, a couple of things I'll, I'll mention just quickly, Boyd. You know, when I came to Congress, I did not know that I would become involved with this work as, as much as I have been. And I'm, and I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity but if I had spoken to a group five years ago, say a group of 100 people, and asked how many of you have had suicide, have been impacted by suicide or attempted suicide in your life, many people would not dare raise their hands. But now you talk to that same group, and almost everyone will, because it is pervasive in our society, and we're finally willing to recognize and to talk about it, and tragically pervasive in Utah among our youth. And that's one of the great lessons we've learned, I think, is that our youth and our veterans are particularly vulnerable to this. And, and the second thing, Boyd, and I think the most important thing is, is there is help. The way that someone feels when they've given up hope like this does not have to be the way they feel forever. That can change. People can help and people can get that hope and that faith restored about their future. And that's, again, that's the point of this effort is to give people So they want to live life and they can and they can enjoy life once again. Uh. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So, so vitally important. And uh, it just, uh, uh, I think you'll indulge me for a second here, Congressman. There's a, because anytime you get a chance to quote the West Wing, it's a good day, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But there, there's one that uh, has the old, you know, surly chief of staff, Leo McGarry and Josh Lyman, uh, who was dealing with his own demons at the time and some some challenges. And he tells this story. Uh, he says, as a guy's walking down the street and he falls in the hole and the walls are steep and he can't get out and the doctor passes by and the guy shouts up and says, hey, can you help me out? And the doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hole and moves on. Uh, then a, a, a clergyman comes along and the guy shouts up, hey, I'm down here in this hole. I'm stuck. It's dark. Can you help me out? And the, the clergy writes out a prayer, throws it down into the hole and moves on. Uh, and then finally a friend walks by. And he calls up and says, hey, it's me. Can you help me out? It's dark. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm down in this hole. And the friend jumps down in the hole. And the guy says, are you stupid? Are you crazy? Now we're both down here in this awful, horrible, dark black hole. And the friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before. And I know the way out. 
And uh, I think that's what your efforts have been with this 988 number is don't anyone think you're alone out there. There's a lot of us that have been down in that uh, big black hole, and there's a lot of people who can help you find the way out. Yep, and for a lot of people, just knowing that they're not the only person in the world who feels that way or has ever felt that way makes a difference to them. And let me uh, pivot on your just real quick here, Representative Stewart, where I've got you on the line. Uh, You have introduced the Formula Act into the House of Representatives. Obviously, a lot of conversations about uh, access to baby formula. Give us a a quick snapshot of where that is. Yeah, and I know you're short on time, so I'll be brief. But look, this is something that we could have avoided back in February when Abbott Laboratories lost what was the production of 40% of all the formula in the United States. And I have three grandchildren right now that are infants that are relying on this, including a set of twins. If you're depending on formula to feed your infant, you can't wait two weeks or two months. Uh, And the bill is very simple. It allows for immediately to drop the barriers and the tariffs that would stop us from importing formula from Europe. We know that the formula in Europe is safe. It's tested to the same FDA standards that we have. There should be no barriers to importing this immediately. And the second thing is, is if you're low income, if you're dependent on uh, some uh, subsidies from the federal government through WIC, they're restricted in the formulas they can buy many times to the formulas that aren't available. So imagine a young mother who's trying to feed her infant. She goes to the grocery store. The formula is there, but she can't buy it because it's not on her approved list. That should immediately, those barriers should immediately be torn down. That's what we're hoping this bill can do. It's bipartisan again. It's something we should pass in the next few days. Yeah. If, uh, if we can get Ms. Pelosi interested in it. Yeah, and what are the prospects of that? How does that look to be shaping up this week in the House? Well, having uh, taken five years to do the uh, <laughs> national suicide bill, I'm not terribly optimistic we'll do it in the next week or so, but I do think we can get this done in short order because, again, it is bipartisan. It's not a partisan issue at all. Uh, fantastic. Great uh, insight. Uh, two important things, the Formula Act, uh, and then especially coming online July the 16th, a really a five-year commitment and journey uh, for your bill that will launch that 988 suicide uh, lifeline uh, all across the United States of America. Really important work, an important accomplishment, and uh, we look forward to seeing the results of that in actually saving lives. Congressman Chris Stewart, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. All right. Again, that's Congressman Chris Stewart joining us on the line. And that's uh, that's important. We're gonna, and it shows you just how challenging that can be, even, even on something where everyone agrees uh, the process is still slow. And those are things that we should be able to accelerate. And whether it's on the Formula Act uh, or whether it's on that super crucial, absolutely critical, uh, this will be a, an important historic moment for our country to have a 988 number Uh, Starting on the 16th of July, Suicide Lifeline nationally, Uh, you're not alone out there. There's always a friend to get you out of the darkness. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Utah's choice for 100 years. Ali comes out to meet Frazier. It has been an honor to come into your homes all these years. The statue of Saddam Hussein has been pulled over. We're the station for breaking news, traffic and weather together, and conversation about important stories. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Thank you for 100 years of trust from KSL News Radio. 
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.